Hello and welcome to Roster Doctor, where we fix up your roster. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to give a quick little shout out to the new Tabletop Simulator League that's going to be coming out in about a week's time. It's called the Beta Splendens League, and it's uh, kind of an introductory, more casual league than the typical Tabletop Simulator leagues we run. Uh, it starts the week of the 12th of October, which should be next Monday from when this goes live. Um, if you want to sign up, I will be putting information in the show notes, but it's a relatively laid-back league, four weeks, one game a week, and you don't have to pre-select a roster. You can change it every week, but the crises that you can play every week are fixed by the league information. And again, I'll have the show notes. Uh, I'll have the link to this and the sign-up on Tabletop.to in the show notes if you're interested. Uh, and with that, I want to introduce our guest for today's episode, and that's going to be Morgan Reed. How's it going, sir? Hey, good, Mark. Uh, and thanks for having me on. I'm quite honored to be on the Roster Doctor, and I look forward to getting the treatment and learning how to improve my roster. So it should be a good discussion. Yeah, so I, I had the pleasure of uh, commentating one of your games last week. I believe it was the only week you lost in the entire league. Uh, looking at the challenge standings right now, I don't think it's possible for you to do any worse than second place in the regular week. Um, yeah, so uh, I think you're a full lock at this point. Uh, look, I think so. Um, I think so. But yeah, that was um, that was actually a really good game that you you got to comment. Well, I haven't really watched all of it back, but it was a really good game to play. And, and oh, it was a barn burner. Yeah, he um, he played really well and and deserved a, a one point win. So it was a good match. Yeah, and uh, specifically, I asked to have you on because you're one of the few people playing Black Order, and as far as I know, you are the best performing pure Black Order player across any of the branches of the league. Uh, and we've covered Black Order a lot on this show, but never uh, a proper Black Order roster. It's always splashing Thanos or splashing Corvus Prox. And so what, what really attracts you to Black Order that makes you take the full package? Yeah, uh, well, for me, I mean, I, I love the Black Order characters in the, uh, in the Avengers movies. So Thanos, a great villain. Um, Corvus and Proxima, fantastic. Some really good scenes. So I really like the, um, you know, the menacing villain characters. Uh, but also, like, in games, I enjoy playing the expensive, you know, um, high costs for the elite models uh, that really punish you for making mistakes so i think that's what appeals to me about black order is that uh, they can be very powerful but one small misplay and you can really um you can lose lose games quite easily so i enjoy the personal challenge of trying to be good enough to allow the team to win yeah they're, they're very potent but they they definitely can collapse very quickly if you don't know what you're doing i played a lot of them when they first came out uh, and I found that Thanos Corvus Proxima was powerful, but uh, once Corvus and Proxima went, Thanos couldn't carry the rest of the game by himself, and people would just focus fire them. Uh, yeah. So it's yeah. really impressive to me to see somebody go 5-1, especially in such a competitive bracket like the uh, central bracket, which had 70-some-odd players. Yeah. No, no, thank you. I appreciate it. I've been, I've been a bit fortunate here and there, but you need a bit of luck uh, to do well in, in this game, I think. But um, yeah, I've been really pleased. I was 
I was unsure about who to take in this league. You know, the first league I took uh, Asgard, second league I took mostly Wakanda, and the third league I thought I'd try Black Order. So I think they're good, but I just wanted to test it against other people to see if that, you know, how good they are. So I've been very happy. Yeah, so why don't we get into the meat of the roster? We'll start with the character list. You've got Thanos the Mad Titan, Corvus Glaive, Proxima Midnight, the Mind Gem, the Reality Gem, Doctor Strange, Valkyrie, Wong, Foye, and Baron Zemo. So you've got a bit of a splash of defenders here. Uh, the number one thing that really stands out to me, no soul gem. Uh, I know from my limited experience with playing him that uh, while the Mind Gem is probably the best gem for Thanos, soul gem is a very often uh, common second pick, especially if you've got Corvus with reality. And it also works nice on Doctor Strange if you're trying to do some kind of portals opener um, and is just generally good for his supportive play style. Uh, what led you to not include the Soul Gem here? Good question. Uh, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think the Mind Gem is probably at the moment the most consistent and useful on Thanos. My, my concern with the Soul Gem was fitting enough characters into any squad level um, and the trade-off really is if I'm running a soul gem on Thanos, it means I'm not getting, uh, you know, it's one less threat to another character. So, mm -hmm. you know, my, my core, we'll talk about the core shortly, but, you know, if my core is Thanos, Corvus, and Proxima, if putting two gems on Thanos, so the the mind gem for me is non-negotiable, I should say, up front. Like, that's, that's yeah, going 100%. Yeah. So for me, it's like, right, do I want to put another point into Thanos and make him an eight-threat character? And I just... I'm still on the fence about it, but I, I'm not sure the juice is worth the squeeze on giving him two gems at the moment. It's definitely borderline. I would consider it at like a 16th threat where you kind of don't want to pull gems to be able to fit like a two threat character in versus your, I'm, I'm assuming your 15 is Thanos Mind, Corvus Reality, Proxima. Yes, yeah. And so I kind of like, soul there just because i don't want to slot in like a koye or wong necessarily at the cost of one of those gems maybe the reality but definitely not the mind mm, yeah and look that's fair enough um i think the 16 point is the probably the most interesting way to build black order at the moment or the most challenging for me um so that's you've certainly got a point on soul gem there i just my, my problem with 16 points is you're running that d secure at the moment and if you've only got three characters, it's very hard to secure your back, your back uh, secure, and then go and get amongst the fight. And that's why I probably would prefer a two-pointer um, as the fourth character in the squad, as opposed to a soul gem to making Thanos even a bigger threat. Quick point of order: there actually is a new sixteen threat option. Um, so with Kingpin, which te technically wasn't live for the league, but uh, just to get your thoughts on it, so this is a C secure. Uh, where the secure points can move over the course of the game. Um, and it's a very fast scoring scenario because you get two per uh, witness and there's two witnesses on the further sides of C. So if you can fully control both flanks, that's four points in a round off of secures, off of just holding two actual points. Yeah. Now, look, I, I actually played it, uh, I played it yesterday, just a bit of a practice game on some table time. Um, and you're right, I hadn't really considered... Uh, that threat level and that mission for a soul gem, but I, I like your idea, and, and maybe that's a better place for Thanos with a second gem, so you can still run three wide. Thanos goes one side, and Corvus and Proxima go on the other. So I'll give that a go, definitely, yeah. Yeah, uh, with that, why don't we just move on to tactics real quick. So you've got 
Blood to Spare, Rocket Boots, Mothership, Drop Off, Field Dressing, All You've Got, Brace for Impact, Med Pack. Um, it seems relatively standard here. The number one standout is uh, No Portals or Seven Sons of Cinnabus or any of the Defenders cards. So I'm assuming you're never actually playing Defenders here. Yeah, no, you're right. You've picked that up. So for me, I sort of put the defenders in this roster in the mid-season update as a bit of a placeholder. Like I played them, but I thought I'll put them in there just in case they're, they're quite good and I enjoy playing them. And I'll play, you know, some practice games between each each league match. But I actually mm-hmm. haven't had the time to get the reps in to, to determine whether I like defenders. Um, but, you know, I don't plan on playing defenders uh, at all. In fact, yeah. I want to see how far I can take Black Order. So there's no point, as you've identified, there's no point having the tactics cards in there, I don't think. Yeah, uh, especially not portals. I think unless you're willing to commit to playing Soul Strange, you don't take portals at all. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's a good point, yeah. Because since it has to be in the power phase, you want to play it on round one, because by the time you're in a skirmish in round two, you're going to be spending on uh, Hogoth's Hori Wisdom so much that that two power for portals really hurts. And are you really going to be able to do something silly on round two with some... I'm not so sure. Uh, the number one thing that stands out to me here is you've got a very mobile package between Mothership and Drop-Off here. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, as you know from playing Black Order yourself, they're, they're, their attacks can be devastating, but they need to be close to their targets. Uh, and they're, you know, you, they're, their actions are very precious. I think you're only normally playing with three big hitters and a support character in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the way I play them at least. So... I try and get maximum value for uh, value for money on maximizing their attacks. And to do that, I found that I've needed cards that will move them uh, that doesn't use their actions. So, I mean, I'm even at the point where I'm thinking maybe tactical analysis might go in there as well. But, uh, you know, Rocket Boots and Drop Off and, and Mothership are certainly a feature heavily in a lot of the games I've played. The big standouts to me here uh, in terms of missing cards is no Doomed Prophecy, no Blind Obsession. And especially the ladder, because the ladder uh, can get solved by KOing the target, uh, whereas Doom Prophecy is permanent. And those, in my experience, have been really crucial on getting Corvus to go off. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll be curious to hear some more about Blind Obsession. I can probably talk a little bit about Doom Prophecy and at least my experience with it. So I've found uh, with Corvus... Uh, Doom Prophecy is probably three power I don't want to spend on him at the start of the you know the activation phase because I want that power to do Glaive's Edge or Death Blows or or those style of things and I'd rather have uh, you know the the defense for the rest of the game to try and make him survive um, so I just haven't found the need for it I mean I Corvus with Thanos backing him can delete most things that he wants to and I I'm not sure what I need Doom Prophecy for. And and you know, what That's extra fair. damage I'm trying to do there? Uh, yeah. I, I think the primary times I've seen it is with Corvus Proximus flashes without Thanos, uh, where it's just a little bit of a bump to get them to the point where they can actually one round of Modok reliably. Um, I think. Yeah. Uh, I personally, I've been really surprised in the season three league of uh, how little. Uh, what do we call it? There, there's not so many all-you've-got shells around Modoc and Corvus Proxima. I assume that was going to be like two-thirds of the field, and it's like one-third. 
Yeah, I'm the same. I, I assumed Corvus and Proxima were going to be, you know, some of the top characters and taken by almost everyone who was looking to do well. And same with Modoc. Uh, but you know, um, either people are not a huge fan of the investing, you know, sort of three character slots in your roster and, and a couple of tactics cards as well. Or I, I don't know. I was surprised. I was expecting a lot more Corvus and Proxima. Yeah, um, but I guess with Thanos. Uh, dice manipulation it's only for one attack but it has no downside so i guess that's enough to get you to where you're going and especially if you're not seeing a lot of like super hardcore uh modok castles like uh modok plus zemo in shuri reroll range with a koye or like venom for lethal protector uh then you don't yeah. necessarily need that extra juice to brute force through yeah that's um, fair I am curious to hear about your um, uh, Blind Obsession. I've not actually played that or even really considered it with Black Order. Um, so I'm just sort of tossing it around in my head as we're talking. Where would you sort of see a use for that? I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So so there's some interesting interactions with it. Um, it still lets you roll defense rolls, but they get reduced. Um, mm -hmm. It also means that if you have a hard target you need to go after and you Blind Obsession them, uh, if you put it on Corvus, it is very hard for that target to deal with him. Because uh, mm -hmm. now he's rolling five dice defense all the time if they try and use their heavy hitter. Uh, plus the flat damage reduction, he becomes one of the tankier characters in the game. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose the... Um, have you found there was much of a trade-off with him getting minus two uh, defense dice against the other characters who were attacking him? Uh, it really depends. So so if they're if they're putting all their efforts into a really hard hitter. Um, so something like a Modok shell, something like uh, a Thor-Loki flank. Yep. Um, typically, the remaining pieces don't have enough raw damage to force it through, and the flat damage reduction is more than enough to get them to get by. Yeah, right. And if, have you found it was better on certain scenarios than others? I mean, I'm I'm sort of trying to visualize it. I'm thinking it would be good on a Infinity Formula style scenario, but probably less good on a Gamma. Uh, Pardon me. Um, I've I've seen it played on both. So I've I've mostly dealt with going uh, into it than playing as it. Right. Um. So I'll 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 leave the more detailed uh, speculation to the actual pilots, but. Uh, the the nice thing is that with Corvus Proxima, you're reliably able to force priority, which mm -hmm. means you're able to daze your key target really quickly, survive, and even if you get dazed, it's not the end of the world. And then you have priority the next round, you immediately KO them, and then the downside of Blind Obsession goes poof. Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, again, I'm thinking that most things that Corvus and Proxima look at with Thanos baking them, they can delete. There's probably only a couple of characters that they're a bit dicey on deleting. That's probably Thanos with a reality gem. Um, but they, they can reliably daze and then KO back to back uh, without you know, Doom Prophecy or Blind Obsession. So I'm just wondering whether that's uh, what some other uses for it are. But yeah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, it's also nice on the defensive aspect because if you yeah. set up Corvus and Proxima, um, as the only ideal targets for a really nasty character, between Martial Prowess and Blind Obsession, yeah. both of the characters they can hit are five defense, minus one damage, min one. So yeah, their okay. heavy beater is probably not going to be able to generate power with their builder, and probably won't be able to daze. Okay, so more of a defensive use um, 
on maybe Corvus against a, a Modoc style or someone else that he's not going to attack or chooses not to attack and he can just survive the incoming damage. That's an interesting way. I didn't consider that. I, I like it. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a surprisingly deep card. I think and I think people are kind of sleeping on it. it. It's so it has the same problem as Doom Prophecy, where you have to have Pride, otherwise it's garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so in in a team like Corvus Proxima, where you can really force Pride out, uh, it's kind of nice. It also works out nice with the the math on power because Corvus and Proxima. Uh, with a reality gem, it means that Corvus will have enough power to be dropped off and do a blind obsession round two. So yeah. you can park out of the threat of like a Thor for Asgard or a Modok Psionic Blast, drop off yourself in, make an attack with the boost, and probably get enough power to set off your chain. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've you've convinced me to give it a go in some some more casual ones until um, I get a feel for it. So uh, yeah. yeah. I'll, and and I'll give, uh, give it a run. what one more thing actually specifically about the Modok thing? Uh, since he blinks wilds, you typically have to rely on like a double strike with some glaives. Uh, or what's the what's the complex ability? I, uh, there's deathblow. It's glaive's edge. Sorry, I right. always mix up the two. Um. So it it kind of lets you do a um. Blind obsession to strike into a glaive's edge strike into a glaive's edge strike, um, yep, and have some better odds on dealing with Modok because you can't do the wild trigger off of the death blow, so he's kind of hard to pop off on. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, and maybe it's some some more games required. I, I haven't found an issue with <laughs> Dave and Ko in Modok yet, but uh, I could see some scenarios with some clever counterplay set up by the opponent that that uh, blind obsession could be very helpful there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I think your entire team tactic selection is all pretty solid. Good amounts of healing. You've got the field dressing. You've got the all you've got is the emergency button. You've got the mobility. You've even got the blood to spare, which I saw you use to brutal effect uh, in the game that I watched. Well, I, I think that's their best card. Uh, I, I think Mothership can be situationally better, but I, I think blood to spare is... Just amazing on Corvus. I mean, and I think Corvus, uh, to be fair, I think it should be Corvus as your primary target for that. But uh, it can really swing a game. It's really strong. Yeah, I I, I definitely uh, reevaluated a bit after watching you play it. Because I was like, oh, it's an extra attack, which is nice. But is that really going to change the flow of things? But when, when you pop off with him super hard with a death blow... Well, the other thing that's actually quite good for, um, and it was another good example, much to my opponent's frustration probably today when we played in the last round, was that if someone dazes him and he's holding an extract, he can play Blood Despair, and normally he's got enough power to do a death blow. Yep. So he can do the you know the big strike, uh, then he can advance away from whoever attacked him and, and maybe then drop it. to someone else, but then he drops the extract, so they're not in range to pick it up. So I've found it really helpful for denying the counter pickup of the extract as well. Yeah, I, th I think that's definitely a really good interaction there. Mm. Uh, but with that, why don't we just go on over to the crises. So for yep. your secures, you've got Gamma Wave, Demons Downtown, Riot Spark over Extremis. And then on your uh, extracts, you've got Hammers, Scrolls, and Mystic Wakandan Herbs. Uh, so the number one standout thing here is that you're abusing E-Scenarios, trying to force that every single time you get secure. 
uh, how often are you forcing secure versus extract? Because your extract plan seems more uh, all over the place. Sure. Uh, I mean, interesting question. So uh, six league games, five of them were D secures. Uh, hmm. <laughs> now, every single time my opponent had the opportunity, I think they forced the D onto me. Um, and then I think once or twice I might have actually picked it myself as well just to you know, mitigate their you know, squads I was concerned about, you know, things with Modoc in there or big heavy hitters where I wanted to try and isolate them and just separate the team out a bit. Yep. But, yep. Um, you know, you generally are right. It's it's an e-secure. I like the condensed games with Black Order, um, but I don't like the the variation or the variance of the deadly medias. So for me, it's, you know, two E's in, in Gamma and Demons Downtown. And then I've got the extremists as a bit of a counter pick to some squads I don't want to see bunched up. Yeah. I like it. Um, um, yeah, the extracts, uh, I mean, the extracts, I'm, I'm probably going to make a change on one of them, but the scrolls and the herbs, they're the slow-scoring extracts. Um, and the hammers, I really want to play just because I want to play at 18. Um, I like the 18 threat squad, but it's a little bit fast-scoring for me and probably doesn't quite suit what, I, what I'm trying to do with it. So that, that's probably, we'll get to it later, but that's probably on the way out, I think, hammers. And I'll, I'll probably put something a little bit slower scoring in. Yeah, I'm definitely not a huge fan of hammers. Uh, it screws with the power map on a lot of things, like your rocket boots, your drop off, your mothership. Yeah. Uh, you've got a lot of really powerful tactics cards, and uh, especially when they're focused a lot on Corvus very often, uh, the tax adds up. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I mean, the other, the only probably other advantage of having that is just a, a spread of available points. So there's 15. 17, 18, 19, sort of just allows potential to look at where the opposing roster is weak. And if it's 18, I'm happy to play into it. Um, so it's probably less about the actual mission and more about giving me points options to find weakness in the opposing roster. That's interesting. I've not found a lot of players who try and force particular threat values as opposed to a particular shape. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I do is try and force uh, threat values... Uh, that I think they're weakest at, or when I have where I have the biggest advantage, because I mean, at least in my mind, I think that if I've built my roster correctly, the shape shouldn't matter that that much, and the threat value shouldn't matter that much. So it's just about trying to find where I th think I can get you know whatever small advantage it is, and and try and hone in on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we get into uh, specific threat discussions, and we'll start with fifteen threat. Uh, and we'll be ignoring the possible defenders teams here just because uh, you haven't really put enough dojo time into them. And we'll be looking at specifically Black Order teams. Uh, and we already kind of covered this in the initial character discussion, but this is kind of the prototypical Black Order 15 threat roster that I think pretty much everyone tries to play pretty much all the time. Thanos with Mind. Corvus with reality and Proxima, it's a perfect 15. Oh, baby. And is it strong? It's it's uh, it's really enjoyable to play. I'm not sure how I play against, but um, it's really good. And so far, um, used to hear your experience with it. So far, I found it can handle everything that's thrown at it, including the full Wakanda Wave um, scenario. So uh, I've been pretty surprised at how flexible and how well it can deal with what's been thrown at it. I think it depends on. Pardon me. Uh, I think it depends on the spread. Mm. Uh, if you have to split your Thanos and your Corvus Proxima modules, 
losing the support from Thanos uh, makes it problematic. And if Corvus and Proxima start to go down, it can go downhill real fast. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But again, you, you have more time into it than I do. You've probably figured out all the angles that prevent you from losing those two. Um, and so you're obviously getting a lot more mileage out of it than I would. Yeah, well, I mean, we're pretty, I mean, I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate, but a lot of the people I play with in Australia are big Wakanda fans and they love running, mm -hmm. you know, Wakanda Wave. So I've probably played into Wakanda and Wakanda Wave more than anything else in MCP. Um, so Wakanda's difficult for Black Order. It's probably the hardest matchup, I think. Uh, but Wakanda Wave is is a pretty good matchup, um, which is interesting because I think Wakanda Wave players think it's a pretty good matchup for them. So, yeah, it's an interesting duel. It, it is close. It's not one-sided, but it's a, it's a close fight. It's a fun one. Yeah, uh, sure, it can be very annoying for Black Order. Uh, they don't like being pushed around a ton, in my experience. Uh, they don't have a lot of easy ways to stop themselves. And the fact that she auto-points versus uh, Corvus and Proxima most of the time um, is can be very potent. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Uh, well, with that, why don't we just move on up to 16th threat, because I don't think there's any other teams that really need to be covered here. Yep. Uh, 16th threat, as we kind of uh, broached earlier, is a little bit awkward. Um, because uh, you're you essentially have to turn a gem into a two threat model is kind of the most obvious thing to me. So you're probably bringing in Poi or Wong depending on how threatened you feel. Um, yeah. You're spot on. You're spot on. And so the, the, really, it's the choice between or well, the first choice is which gem do you drop? And I think Reality Gem is stapled on a Corvus and. I, I, I'd need to be convinced pretty... Uh, I'd need a good argument to, to, to force Reality Gem off, Prox, uh, off Corvus. So I think um, Thanos loses his Mind Gem here, and it's Thanos, Corvus with the Reality, and Proxima. And then the two threads you've identified, um, I like the idea of Wong, just to give Thanos that extra power that he's missing from having a gem, so he can use a turn one portal. Uh, but potentially, if it's a bit of a beta squad, I might look at a Koye for some bodyguard duties and let Thanos generate a power by getting beaten... Yeah, that's very interesting. I would have thought you cut the reality instead of the mind, because being able to move characters involuntarily is so powerful. Whereas if you're not abusing the interact feature of reality gem, it's just a damage and power boost. Though I guess I I've not played a lot of reality list corpus a bit, but not a ton. Um, it might screw up his power math to the point where he does need it still. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. So at least in my experience, I've found that uh, Corvus uh, versus Corvus with Reality Gem is a com almost a completely different character. Uh, Corvus with Reality Gem is probably one of the strongest in the game, I think. Uh, obviously needs some support to make him shine, but he can just do things that no one else can do. Um, yeah, he's on the upper end of possible fights. Yeah, yeah. So for me, uh, you need to have that Reality Gem on him for his power generation to allow his Glaive's Edge and allow his abilities to steamroll. And if you don't mm -hmm. have that, you're relying on dice rolls, which is never a good plan, I don't think. Whereas Thanos, you can generate power on Thanos with, you know, you can potentially put Wong in there to give him extra power. And also you can force him into people's faces where really they, they probably have to attack him, probably. Um, and he can generate power that way. So Thanos, you can kind of work around it because he's got portals as a backup. 
he's not as good, obviously, without the mind gem. And it makes his, you know, damage boosting abilities uh, less, which is sad. But I think the, the lesser of the two evils is probably taking the mind gem and off Thanos, I think. Yeah, I think you sold me here. Um, th there's no real standouts on the defender side for me, just to give a quick shout out to that. Uh, maybe Strange, Proxima, Wong, Valkyrie, Zemo, if I was really pushed to it, but I think I prefer all the Black Order options here that we discussed. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And that squad you just highlighted is my backup 16. If I'm really worried about, you know, a five wide Web Warriors or Wakanda on a D shape, um, that I, you know, for whatever reason, I get I get uh, scared of running Black Order into them and being you know, controlled out of the game. Actually, that's something that we didn't quite cover. Uh, well, I guess Rocket Boots and Drop Off you can always take. But with uh, two Black Order cards, if you ever play Defenders, you're super tight on tactic selection. Because um, you essentially always have to play Rocket Boots and Drop Off if you want to actually be able to use a full five. So what's your cut if you would ever play Defenders? Or have you just not sure. gotten that far yet? Oh, no, look, so I have. I've played a couple of games, just not enough to be comfortable. So if I yeah. play Defenders, uh, the five cards are Brace for Impact, Med Pack, all you've got, Field Dressing, and Drop Off. Oh, Strange does fly, yeah. So you yeah. don't need Rocket Boots. Yeah. yeah, that's reasonable. It's workable. In fact, so I put Brace for Impact in there just for my option of playing Defenders. I, I don't really take that with Black Order. Uh, but yeah. You know, they're flat reduction. It's not super important. Yeah. Seventeen uh, Threat. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to your 15 Threat team and you're adding a 2 Threat character here. Uh, yeah. It just seems a bit too clean and perfect. Uh Presumably, Wong, if you don't feel threatened, uh, Okoye, if you do. Yeah, it's really just a, a choice between do you want someone who you think you're going to do some healing or do you want a, a bit of a damage dealer? So if I'm going into a control squad like a more of a Wakanda or Web Warriors, I'd probably take Okoye for the damage because she's actually quite a little uh, good little uh, damage output unit. Whereas if I'm going into a, a more of a beta squad like maybe uh, Spider-Foes or even Cabal, I'd probably take Wong just to be able to you know, uh, heal up Corvus or Thanos or, or do some things there. Or potentially even Asgard to remove a stagger off Thanos or something along those lines with Wong's ability. Yeah, do you ever see yourself putting the Mind Gem to turn uh, the two slot into a three for Zemo or Valkyrie? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think that would be selling the roster short um, because Thanos does so much work with that mind gem. So it's, you know, that's why 16 is so uncomfortable for me because I think Thanos is not worth it naked. Yeah. Um, and I think he's actually quite good with a with the gem. So, I, you know, I think the, the, the two stones stay on him. Uh, he, he has mind and Corvus has reality and I just bring in a two-pointer. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, real weird one. Do you ever think you drop... Uh, the two-pointer and Proxima for Strange. Ah, play... uh, good question. I, I don't think three wide at 17 is a great idea in a lot of scenarios. Oh, I've not tried. Th this um, would presumably be for something like uh, Gamma and something where you're playing yeah, on maybe. a vertical column and yeah. it's going to be very brawly. Yeah, look, potentially. I've not tried it, so I can't speculate too much on it. I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to give it a go, but I think having that fourth character just for the objective secures, I mean, you can just leave Wong or Okoye at the back on a gamma and she's just ticking over with one point, a, uh, one point around. So that's, 
you know, that's actually the key. I think the key is to black order is just to keep those points ticking over and not focus all about killing. You've still got to get points. So having that extra, that fourth body is quite helpful. Yeah, I, I think you, you want to be able to reliably force prio, but since you're not seeing a lot of black order mirrors, uh, you don't have to worry about like trying to force prio against an actual three character team. Three character teams seem exceedingly rare nowadays outside well, of black order. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you've raised a really good point, though, in that if there was a mirror match, uh, maybe that is when you would consider going three wide. I, I don't know. Uh, well, that one would be problematic because uh, purpose and proxima you can treat as one unit, so it actually doesn't improve your... Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, sorry. Maybe you would look at... Um, maybe you'd even look at playing a point down, potentially, um, and giving an extra... No, that doesn't work either. No, you, you're screwed. So <laughs> you could, I mean, you could play a point down and take a gem maybe, or take two gems. So you could do Thanos, Corvus, and Proxima and put in a time gem at 17. That would be interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah, not sure if that's worth, but that would definitely be an interesting hypothetical for if the meta ever became like that. Well, for a mirror match, it, it might be, yeah, it might be good. Oh, you give me an idea for it to try out a mirror see if it's viable. I'm not sure if you ever put it on the table, but one of my favorite things when I was doing the initial dojo, because everyone was super hot on Black Order, so there were Black Order mirrors going around, was you would put Follow Me into your tactics selection. Yep. So you could literally do a single turn of activations and finish your entire team in Force Prio. Wow. It wasn't good. It was super hard to pull off, but it was really funny. Hmm. Me. Um, let's move on to 18. So I'm, I'm already noticing a pattern with your team construction here. So I'm going to assume that it's going to be both gems, Corvus, Proxima, Thanos, and either Valkyrie or Zemo. Yes. So there's a couple of things. Actually, could you get your thoughts on this? So part of my design principle for the Black Order roster was simplicity in that I found in the previous leagues, I was spending a lot of time and wasted energy on squad decision. Oh, do I go with option A, B, C, out to F? Like there's a hundred different options. And, and I spent a lot of energy trying to do that. So this one, I'm like, no, no, I just want a solid core that's really easy to build from. And it will virtually play the same way in every game I play. So it's simplicity and repetition in being good at what you do. So I have that core of Thanos, Corvus, Proxima, and then I just add one more character. So at 18 threat, um, you're right, it's either Zemo or Valkyrie. Now, I designed it with Zemo in mind, and I've played it all with Zemo in mind and in practice. But I'm on the fence, and I'm curious to get other people's opinions on Valkyrie versus Zemo at 18 threat as the fourth character. And the so... reason I say that is that Zemo can do things Valkyrie can't do, and Valkyrie can do things that Zemo can't do. And... One of the things I get frustrated with Valkyrie is that she actually doesn't have re-rolls. She's got her dice fixing, but if you roll a handful of garbage, you're fixing nothing. Whereas Zemo, you know, if he gets dazed and he does his Master Swordsman, Thanos can give him 10 dice or 11 dice, sorry, 10 dice with full re-rolls. Um, and that's that's quite terrifying for a three-point character. So, yeah, I, I have some suggestions that we're going to get to at the end of uh, this mm. Um but I, I do like Valkyrie over Zemo here slightly, just because you have a total lack of throws. Um, 
Thanos can do it on a wild, but being able to throw terrain to uh, prevent your opponent from throwing it themselves is big. Being able to throw enemy characters, being able to do a double move into a throw character guaranteed because you get two power every round is mm. super potent for uh, just control. And maybe you don't necessarily need that. Maybe the Zemo rerolls and the mobility are nice enough that you can just take him over her. But I I feel like throws are incredibly valuable when you don't have any in your roster and you're looking to add someone. Yeah, that's fair enough. And it's, it is a difficult decision because you, you're right. I mean, that, that automatic throw, most characters is really strong on Valkyrie. Um, I've in, I've just really enjoyed, and maybe it's because I haven't played a lot of Zemo in the past, I've really enjoyed playing him with his you know, awesome mobility and also giving access to rerolls, which is really hard to come by in Black Order. So he's a bit of a, a you know double bonus for me in, in an enjoyable character to play with some long movement and also some inbuilt rerolls. But I'm, my jury's out whether he is better than Valkyrie, and it might be you know, matchup and scenario dependent. My other complaint about Zemo is, uh, so I played him a lot in Cabal, and he he can die randomly, which Valkyrie can yep. too. She's not much tougher than him. In fact, she's technically less tough because of his rerolls. Um, but the thing is, when he goes pop, uh, he is not scary enough that you can go with him as first activation next round. Whereas a Valkyrie on max power is horrifying. She can one-round most things in the game. If you uh, if you give her max power and Doom Prophecy, she can one-round full. Very reliably. Maybe... Um, yeah. She yeah, is... I mean, yeah, she can spike. Certainly the flurries are, are strong. But I found Zemo just to be more... And maybe it's an emotional thing as opposed to a an actual maths thing, but I find Zemo with his rerolls to be feel more secure of actually imparting the hits on the opponent. I've just I mean, I've played so much of Valkyrie where she does nothing with her Warrior of Legend and Dragonfang and misses her wilds and crits, etc. And you're just looking at her going, ah, such a wasted opportunity. Whereas with Zemo, at least he gets his um you know, he gets his full rerolls with Master Swordsman and then he can do his additional. So, you know, I'm not sure I'm sure Jacob knows the answer with um, Jarvis on who will spike the better damage, but um, I don't know. I've been the, enjoying they're, it. They're two of the best in class three, so I think you can't go too wrong with either of them, and I think it's largely up to preference. Um, yeah. They're both solid. Oh, look, and, and I see an argument for both, and I'm not sure what the right answer is. Um, you know, I, I'm on the fence, uh, very uh, very heavily on the fence between the two. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got 19 Threat, and this exposes one of my major complaints with your roster as constructed. So presumably, you're playing your 15 plus Wong plus Okoye, right? Yes. Well, uh, in most cases, yes. Yep. Uh, what, what's the hypothetical where you don't? So the hypothetical where I don't is where I'm running into a, an opposing beta squad uh, that might have Corvus and Proxima. Uh, let's say uh, another an opposing squad have lost priority, so they've got priority and they're running five wide Corvus Proxima. Yeah, that's the scenario where I wouldn't take. I would go four wide. So you're right, and this is identified. This is actually my uh, area to look at and change for the the top cut is 19. I really like Okoye and Wong at 19, but it does highlight a weakness in this roster that needs priority to win. 
uh, and is that if you come into an opposing 19 threat roster with a Corvus and Proxima, uh, you probably want to have four characters. And I, I don't have the best tools for four wide at 19 at the moment. Yeah, that that's that was the first thing I noticed is no four. Um, yeah. And outside of Corvus, who you're already taking. So there's, there's no possibility to uh, slot in a priority-focused uh, team. Yeah. So, so what I would do uh, against that, and look, it's quite rare to come across, but if I come across a five-wide Corvus and Proxima who have one priority against me, um, I would drop Mind Gem on Thanos um, and then put in um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's definitely interesting because since he boosts your defenses, that can be really powerful into the Corvus mirror. Yep. Uh, where he doesn't yeah. necessarily daze you, and if he goes for it, you're going to be juiced going into him. Well, and there's also the the beauty that he can damage the opposing person and push him away or advance him away, which is really strong. So I've actually done this once or twice in practice, and it's quite good. But again, it's probably not optimal. I probably think I'd be better off with a four-pointer dedicated for this slot. Yeah, uh, definitely. That's 100% my prognosis as a totally qualified roster MD. <laughs> I'm glad, because I've been worried about it, so it's good. <laughs> Uh, and finally, we've got 20 threat. Um, so right now, this has to be alien ships. So you have to be playing reality, though you kind of already are. I'm assuming we're going to essentially do the same thing as 19, but you're going to do a three cost and a two cost, or if you're trying to force prio, strange. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Strange, uh, potentially, uh, if I want to go five wide, it'll be probably a you know, Zemo or Valkyrie and a Koye or one. So a three and a two or a, or a strange, yeah. Yep, I, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to move us on to our next segment, which is scenario combinations. So these are going to be three crisis combinations that are one half your stuff, one half not your stuff, um, and we're just going to walk through these. So first of all, we've got scrolls and spider portals. So this can be 17 threat, or it can be 18 threat. If you have prior, what threat are you forcing? Um, so this is interesting, these scenario discussions, because I don't actually mind what the threat value is. Um, as I said sort of earlier in the, in the piece, I try and identify where I think my opposition is weakest or potentially weakest, and then I'll play or try and play that threat value. So for me, I don't mind what threat value we play at. Um, I just want to gain the best advantage. So if the best advantage is at 17, I'll pick 17. If it's at 18, I'll play 18. But I don't have a preference on which to play. It doesn't bother me. Fair enough. Um, so uh, if you're playing 17, it's a choice between Wong and Okoye. At 18, it's a choice between Valkyrie and Zima. Yep. Um, in, a, in a vacuum, ignoring what your opponent's necessarily doing, what's your uh, choice here for characters uh we'll so start think, with uh Okoye versus Wong sure um probably uh, I, I preference towards Okoye as the default unless there's a compelling reason for Wong and noting the you know spider portals it's a D scenario a bit wider if Wong's sitting on the back objective he's going to be out of range for all these good abilities so he's virtually useless so I'd probably rather Okoye here well to be re real quick uh, yep. So one one of the tricks of spider portals is it's uh, like origin bombs where you flip it and move on. So Wong, oh, so whoever your home cheerleader isn't stuck on the back one, so they get to move with you. 
which is attractive for both Okoye and Wong because it lets both of their support abilities shine while they follow to the flanks. You, you would have thought I'd remember that. I only played on it last week. Uh, <laughs> you, you're right. Absolutely. You're right. So, uh, look, default is still Okoye. Um, unless I see an opposing beta squad where I want to heal people, I'll take Okoye. Yeah. And then uh, Zemo versus Valkyrie. I'm leaning towards Zemo here. I saw you play Zemo last week, uh, so I'm assuming yeah. you are as well. Well, interesting, because I in specifically for spider portals, I'm probably leaning towards Valkyrie because she's got the two power for a potential, you know, pick up an extract, even though we're saying in this case it's a scroll. She could pick up the scroll and still try and flip a portal, potentially. So, um, you know, I think her ability to throw someone off a portal and then roll for it is probably better than Zemo. Um, so and and you don't value Zemo's uh, mobility here? Look, I do. I do. Um, I like them both. And there's no right answer. Um, I just think... Yeah, I think probably on Spider Portal specifically, I'll take Valkyrie next time instead of Zemo. But otherwise, on a, you know other Ds, I would probably take Zemo. Yeah, I, th- I think that's reasonable. Uh, but but again, one one thing I like about your paired twos and your paired threes is uh, either choice is always reasonable. Whichever like, uh, however the wind's blowing on the day, I I wouldn't like look at your thing and be like oh, he really should have played Valkyrie there, or like, man, he really screwed up by picking Zemo. Yeah, um, yeah that's fair. That's fair. They're, they're always decent choices. Yeah. Um, so next, we've got Hammers and uh, Black Order Descends. So this is 18 or 16. We kind of already covered this earlier, but I'm assuming you're forcing 18 just because of how much of a pain point 16 is. You're right. I would go preference for 18 on this because I want to avoid that 16 uncomfortable area for Blackwater. Yeah, and then this is going to be a double D scenario, so you're essentially playing home cheerleader and two planks, uh, ideally. Uh, So I'm assuming you've got Zemo or Valkyrie on the home one, Thanos on one flank, Corvus Proxim on the other, and you hold Mothership as late as possible to try and switch over a flank if need be. Yeah, it's it's interesting on the on the D secure. I, I there's no real set strategy I have with it. I mean, I have an idea of a couple of options I can pivot to based on what my opponent does, but I'll, I'll try and actually play to only two of the secures as opposed to three, and then just try and get the um, the points advantage through uh, Thanos's leadership ability. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. fair. If you can maintain parity, it can be really powerful. Yeah, but I mean, look, you can split to three, and I think in the game you saw, I think I did actually, no, I didn't split to three, I just went to two, but I have split to three in the past. If I've really got a, a, if my opponent sets it up poorly or sets it up uh, for me where I can take advantage of it, I can can control three. But that's, I've got to rely on my opponent to let that happen. Yeah. Uh, Finally, we've got Alien Ship plus Demons Downtown. So this is 20 or 19. Yeah, not fussed. Again, that doesn't really bother me. Um, there's no awkward one here, um, apart from we spoke about before, that priority at 19. Um, I could potentially avoid that by going to 20 in my current setup. But yeah. that aside, I don't really mind. I probably prefer 19 with Wong and Okoye. I quite like them as a pair to Black Order. Even on a vertical column setup like this? I think because... especially. 
Yeah, especially on a vertical column. I mean, I, I like Wong. He can sit on the back gamma shelter. Oh, sorry, back demons downtown. And then a Koye can get up there and do some bodyguarding around the middle um, and get a spear out. So Yeah, I actually really like her on demons because she can stay out of the incinerate range and bodyguard for whoever is holding it in incinerate range. Yeah. And since you're Black Order, you don't super care because of the flat damage reduction. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that brings us to the final segment, which is what you'd like to change. And so we go through zero to one character swaps, zero to one tactic swaps, zero to one crisis swaps. Um, and so first characters, um, ugh. there's a lot of really tough choices here for me. Well, doctor, I, I, this is where I need your help. Um, so I, I am making some changes, cut. Um, and I think I know what I'm changing. I just don't know what I'm changing into. So uh, I'm going to remove either Valkyrie or Zemo and replace it with a four-pointer or an additional Infinity Gem. And I'm leaning towards replacing Valkyrie with Killmonger. Ooh, that's spicy. Mm. It is spicy. So that's that's what I'm thinking at the moment. I'm keen to get your thoughts. Where would you go with this to fix that 19-point problem um, and really capitalise on this Black Order uh, threat and terrorising your, your opponents? So I would never bring in Killmonger over Valkyrie because I think Valkyrie is legitimately just straight up better than Killmonger in most cases. Right. Um, like, unless, unless you're doing, like, an usurp throne Wakanda forever pop-off. I think Valkyrie, she has better power generation. That's a huge pain point on Killmonger in general. Um, she has a throw. She has higher damage output when she's totally juiced. Um, I really like her over Killmonger. Um, that said, I would love to see the Soul Gem in here. I would love to see Shuri in here. I would love to see an aggressively costed four threat in here. Ooh. Okay, so do you think... Um, I mean, I think if you're playing Killmonger, you're playing Usurp the Throne. Um, so do you th my, my sort of view on Killmonger going in there is that like he's a big threat and it's a bit of a problem with priority because you, you generally want to go with Corvus first, but I think if you save Killmonger, his big play for round two or round three, he can potentially finish off that expensive character and play Usurp the Throne and then claim you know three points through Thanos' leadership. My so bigger problem is without Wong support, he's going to have huge power problems. So turn two, he can do a charge, and then he can get his base attacks bumped up by Thanos. So my, my theory in my head is that he can generate enough power through uh, rolling enough dice off his charge. So he should get seven dice potentially on his first attack, thanks to Thanos' bumping it up. And then his second attack should be seven dice again for, um, you know, focused on the kill. So in there, you've got to generate on the first attack probably you know, three power to play Usurp the Throne. But he's also got the potential to play all you've got if he needs to. So, Oh, I, I definitely know. love all you've got, Killmonger. I think it's very cute. Um, I've wanted to put table time into it. it just, I looked it's, at MODOK and realized it was easier. <laughs> but well, I, I think it's very attractive. Yeah, and so really, that, that's how you've, you've actually identified what I like about Killmonger is that I don't like using all you've got on Corvus because I want to use Blood Despair on him. So 
uh, I, I want the enemy to daze him and I actually don't want him to die. So I don't want to KO him unless I absolutely have to. So I, I would like a better all you've got target. And I like the idea of all you've got on Killmonger and also having, you know, usurp the throne as additional points and having that Killmonger in your back pocket. So if you're the opposition, you're looking at Thanos, Corvus and Killmonger, especially Corvus and Killmonger, I think they pose quite a, a big threat. So I'm, I'm looking at Killmonger, but I could be convinced for Hela or Vision or Panther or someone else, or even potentially a, a, you know, one of the other Infinity Stones. Yeah, so I, th I think my go-to would actually be to cut Wong, because I saw him getting considered a lot less than Valkyrie versus Zemo when we mm -hmm. were talking earlier. So okay. like, since it seems you're always happy with the Koye, then you can take Wong and you can replace him with a gem, which means that uh, it fixes your 16th. It fixes your uh, 19th. And I think it just overall smooths a lot of things. It, so this also kind of brings up the thing of then it kind of breaks the ability to play defenders, which you kind of already weren't. At that point, if I had a second character to cut, I would cut Strange and put in uh, a Beastly 4. Um, either Killmonger. Hell, I would almost like Black Dwarf here. Well, so in, in the start of the league, I actually had Ebony Moore and Black Dwarf in my <laughs> roster, and I was building through them. So at 20, it would be Ebony Moore, and at 19, it would just be Black Dwarf. But um, I really wanted to access Strange and Wong for their healing in game. So I don't take healing cards. I, I play all the aggressive ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't want to cut Wong because I, I, I quite like at 19 having the extra body. So when I'm playing, I'll give you an example. Um, in fact, today's game was a great example. Um, I discarded the secure I wanted. But if I'd taken Demons Downtown, my opponent had Spider Infected. And so I would have picked 19, and all of a sudden now I've got Okoye and Wong who can go out and get their spider infected and leave the rest of my hitters not encumbered by pesky spider um, infected moving me around. Mm -hmm. So I quite like having the option of having five wide at 19 for the extracts that my opponents will probably try and play fast extracts. So I've got more characters to pick them up. Um, and I like the ability to stall on my Thanos turns as well to use his you know, mind gem control late in the round. So I'm not sure I want to drop my second two-pointer. And I think I'm looking at one of the three-pointers because there's no Black Order roster I'll play where I'm playing both three-pointers at the same time. So one of them is redundant. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, then, yeah, I would probably cut Valkyrie or the Soul Gem. I think it smooths things over. It does kill the Defender Dream, though. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a build fake, and it's not something I've reps into to get you know to master them and I've, I've committed black order this far that i'm actually keen to see how far i can take them so okay so looking at potentially a four pointer or your advice is look at the soul gem so i'll put some some reps into the soul gem in the coming week or so and, and see how that pans out and again this really depends on how you're positioning thanos uh yeah your mileage may vary but i would very often just dump thanos in the middle of a bunch of people and then it's like they can't use superpowers or Thanos is maxed out all the time. Mm. Hey, if I did go with a four-pointer, so my short list of four-pointers is Killmonger, Hela. Now, I don't have any mystic attacks, and I'm finding Black Panther types really frustrating to deal with. So Hela is appealing in that respect. And she also has some nice synergy with the Dazen KO, getting her soul tokens. 
And then I'm looking at potentially Vision as well and maybe Panther. So who would you go out of those four? So Killmonger, Hala, Vision or Panther, who would you pick to run at 19 in that four threat slot? The first one I would cut was Killmonger because he just requires so much support and I think you're running kind of lean. Okay. Um, it becomes really tough between the other three. Uh, Vision is the most attractive one to me. Uh, Hella, I don't know. Her The fact that she's range three is probably, like on her mystic, is kind of problematic to me. Uh, range four on her mystic. No, no, no. Uh, oh, yeah, it's range four on the mystic, range three on the big well, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever used yeah. that big one. I, I play it for the range four mystic. Um, I suppose a caveat to help your decision making. Yeah. Um, I haven't loved her outside of Cabal, though, in my experience. Okay. Uh, just because she has power math problems without Cabal. Mm. In, in Cabal, she just double claims souls um, and it pays for itself. Yeah. Um, starting on round two, as long as you da do damage, which you should be reliably doing. Um, yeah. And then you start feeding souls to make it even more robust. And then she kind of just turns into an obnoxious turret. But under Black Order, she can only do one per turn. Unless... It's a big one. I mean, with a yeah. Thanos bump, it's, it's big. I, I just, I've, as I said, I've just found a problem with Black Panther, um, especially Black Panther. I don't have the Mystic to get through his. Um, yeah, Mystic will yeet him right off the board. Um, so yeah. if if you're, if you're seeing a lot of Black Panther and you want to beat the crap out of Black Panther, Hell is a good option. <laughs> if you could fit Modok, Modok's a great way to deal with Black Panther. Wow. He's the best, isn't he? Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's a that's a question for the twenty point roster. I mean, yeah, I mean, I try not to play Modok, so I'm just sick of bloody playing Modok. But um... twenty is so rare that I don't think you should actively make roster decisions around playing to 20, but it would be cute. I, I, th I think Hell is fine. I think Vision's probably the strongest um, mm. out of the three, because he can pretty reliably set up and just double beam over and over and over again. Mm. Um, and if, I, look, if I'm playing 19, I'm probably picking Demons downtown, so it's a, even better for the Vision and his beam attacks there. Yep. Yeah, tough choices. All right, I'll try and get a couple of games in because I default Killmonger for Serp, but uh, I'm thinking, well, Hell has got some nice Mystic, but Vision. I mean, I think Vision's probably the best four pointer in the game personally, um, but he just doesn't bring what I want, and that's raw damage output. So, but no, his Synthesoid Avenger is pretty good though. Yep, Synthesoid Avenger auto throw power generation when he doesn't really have anything to do. He can just mm. uh, synthesize power. And convert that into tactics cards. Not that you have a lot that he can use, but it's a nice little upside. And again, the throw is amazing. Would you think, uh, as an outside, what do you think of Kingpin in that slot? And, and the reason I ask is he's got the effectively minus one damage. So he's a, he's a, I mean, I think he's probably tankier than Thanos in many ways. Um, oh, I just had there's a bit of an outside thought of, hmm, what about Kingpin there? He interests me. I can't tell what his work is just yet because he's he's capped at range three and even if you do range three the cane laser is kind of me uh, yeah. as, as somebody who's played a lot of Loki, yeah um it is really bad unless you get a hammer mm. um especially because he can't aim a god 
Yeah. And if you find he's turning into a cane laser bot a lot, then you probably want to rethink him. The throw is attractive. Mm. His lack of mobility is problematic, but his tankiness is close to Thanos's, which is mm. amazing for a four-fair character. Absolutely. Um, speaking of Loki, you know, I'm digressing here. This this fascinates me when I go to sleep at night is this 19th threat Blackwater roster. Um, Loki's another thought to put in here. I mean, because I think his synergy with Thanos, you know, I'm a god and Death's Decree is quite strong. I'm just concerned he's quite fragile at that uh, at, at full cost. It, it depends on how much power you're given. Because um, mm. if, if he reliably has Trickster and I'm a god, um, so for listeners, just in case you don't know this, um, you can decide whether to use I'm a god after you see what your opponent wants. Uh, because of the timing. Strong. Um, so, like, you can see if your opponent rolls and then decide to I'm a god, and if they roll like garbage, don't waste it. Um, because you do it before you roll, and since you're the defender, it's after the attacker rolls. Um, so, he, he can be deceptively tanky, and he gets really obnoxious when he's on his injured side, because once crits stop exploding, ugh. Hmm. Hmm. My one concern there is actually that I think he might not do enough work, especially because yeah. Thanos always has more targets for his boost than he has yeah. power. Yeah, and Loki and... does not do a ton of work by himself. It's like every every time I take him without Thor for sibling rivalry, I almost regret it just because he kind of just sits there, like maybe doing some frost blasts, maybe doing some strikes, but yeah. he he never like hard carries like a Venom or a Vision. No, that, that's fair. I mean, look, you, you're probably right. I think that probably focused on all this, and if it's not, I've probably misplayed it. So That, that said, if you find yourself using yeah. Loki to protect Corvus, that's attractive. Mm. But I don't know how much you're doing that. And especially yeah. at the 19th threat, are you really willing to commit Corvus, Proxima, and Loki to all roughly the same location? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. And so you'd go soul over power if you didn't take a character and you took a gem. You'd take soul over power for Thanos. Yeah. So soul is as good as power. If they, if you, if your opponent does a single superpower within four, I'm not sure how much you played Loki, but it is really hard to stay out of four of a key character. Yeah. It's really much, yeah. especially if you're forcing E a lot. You're on that vertical column. There's no escaping him. I do and, like the um, I like the option of of the guaranteed uh, four power every turn um, versus the spike power. So on, you know, on turn one with mind and power, Thanos can displace three characters without anything else required, which I quite like. So, but I you know I have to play them both. I've not really played a lot of power or soul Thanos to be honest. Yeah, power is decent, but I think you would be surprised how many times you're going to catch people either within range four and giving you power or straight up not doing superpowers that they should be doing yeah okay all right no, that's good i'll, I'll, I'll uh, check that out so my short list out of that so I've, I've still got a personal bent for killmonger but advice taken that you think vision is probably the pick i should look at um and if not the soul gem so i'll play those three and see how i go yep uh let's move on to tactics real quick N none of these cards are bad i'd say Th this is the most solid part of your roster in my opinion 
there's nothing that's really below any of the others. Like, like I, I, I could see that there was like a potential redundancy in either threes or twos with your characters, and I don't love the extracts, but here, there's really nothing that I can really take away from these and feel like I have a shot at making it better. So what do you think about Brace? So the, the shortlist for me, or the on the chopping is both Brace and Medpack. Um, now, Brace, I'm virtually not going to play with Black Order. So that can that's really just there as a, I had an eighth slot and I was looking at maybe playing Defenders. So that can go. Um, and potentially, yeah, I mean, let's not talk about Medpack. Let's just talk about Brace. So I think Brace is going. And I think if I play Killmonger, Usurp comes in. But if I yeah. don't play Killmonger, I'm thinking about putting Execute in there. Um, what are your thoughts? Execute. That's so ballsy. Well, you know, I did say before that the problem I'm having is with Black Panther types. Now, I played a lot of Execute when Black Order first came out before Thanos and the Gems, um, and it was just Corvus and Proxima. And without Execute, they could virtually not kill Black Panther. Um, with the Reality Gem, it makes it a bit easier, but I'm thinking maybe it's time to bring it back. Uh, and I think I've got enough reps into them there that I can I can play around the power requirements and the positioning requirements to reliably get it off and really just save it for, you know, Black Panther, maybe Captain America types when I just need to kill them and I don't have Mystic in my squad. You know what's also really good at dealing with a single really hard target? Blind obsession? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be blindly obsessed with the card. <laughs> Okay, no, that's 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 good. So okay, so would you play Blind Obsession over Execute? Probably yes. I think the positioning requirements are kind of annoying of Execute. Yep. You 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 can kind of by, bypass it with how mobile they are. You have a lot of ways to move your characters around in a way to fix that. Mm -hmm. But so you're you're essentially so Execute is one attack, no defense dice, which is mm -hmm. nice. But two attack dice over all attacks until you're done with him adds up a lot because like if you're probably going to have to attack him multiple times even with execute you're probably not one-shotting him not well, unless it's late in the game and you're juiced you got thanos and glaive's edge i think thanos glaive's edge and execute i think corvus could, could get rid of panther there but you, you raise a good point okay so i've got execute and blind obsession on my short list and what I might do is remove both med pack and brace for impacts and put those two in and give those a few tries because I'm finding I'm just not using med pack either. I'm going all in on the aggressive ones and I'm just not taking it. That, that's fair. That's a super aggressive package, but I think it could work. Um, mm. But uh, so, so to put this in perspective, right, you're, you're going after um, Black Panther. Yep. You're taking away four dice with execute. Yep. Um, if you attack him twice, you're giving yourself four dice, right? Um, yep. With a blind obsession. Yep. Attackers' dice, on average, are worth more than defenders' dice. So if you attack him twice uh, under blind obsession, it's worth more than an execute in the long run. So unless you one-shot him and try and spread onto another character, you're doing more damage on average across those two attacks. Possibly. Yeah, no, look, that's that's fair. I suppose I'm just I'm very cautious of lowering defense against others, and um, yeah, I mean, oh wait, no, he he has the blanks of successes on his healthy side. For some reason, I thought he was like Cap and it was on his injured side. No, so he's, uh, that makes it trickier because then actually the defenders' dice are worth more than the attackers' dice, 
which yeah. means that it takes three attacks before it breaks even. So that's that's where I was leaning towards with execute that I can just remove or potentially remove the problem. The timing of it will be difficult because Proxima is going to find it difficult to generate enough power. Um, I'd have to get a little bit fortunate with Proxima. She does drop off uh, turn one. She's then got to try and land a strike. You know, it's probably it's probably a turn two play, um, which is not ideal into Panther. But anyway, I'll have a bit of a play with it. I, I, I need an answer for Panther, and I don't quite have one apart from Lucky Dice at the moment. Yeah. I, I think definitely getting one of the Doom Prophecy Blind Obsession packages in there is going to be very helpful. And okay. if, if you're finding you're reliably getting off Execute, maybe it's good enough. Um, All right. But I am a little bit leery about the hard positioning requirements, the power requirements on Proxima, and yeah. whether you can do it in one attack. Yeah, it, it's, it is, certainly is an issue to play around that is can be very frustrating. So, you know, you're not wrong there. And I appreciate the doctor's advice on that one. I'm going to try them both. Yeah, take two and call me in the morning. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and then finally, we've got your crises. And so I am very happy with your secures. I'm less happy with your extracts. And namely, I don't love hammers. Agreed. It's going. The so... trickier answer is I don't know what you put in because it looks like you're trying to force slow extracts. Yeah, so my short list, uh, it's going. I just don't know whether I'm replacing it with Aliens or Montessi Formula. So Those are both interesting options here. Yeah, so initially I thought Montessi, great. This is a great Black Order card that's slow scoring. It's kind of in the middle. Um, it's some you know drop-off uh, Rocket Boots bait for that middle one um, for my opponent. But what I found is uh, playing into squads like Wakanda, who can pick it up and do Wakanda Forever beams, which oh. is not cool for me. Um, or just their other, you know, soft-hitting characters all of a sudden have a six-dice beam attack from nowhere. So I've actually found I'm not using the attack much because with, with Corvus, I want to generate power, and with Thanos, I want to strike and generate power, not just, you know, use a six-dice beam. So I think, well, if I don't want to use the attack and it makes my opponent's attacks better, why would I want to take this... Uh, extract. So that's where I'm at at the moment. I don't think Montessi is quite the one I want, so I'm leaning towards Alien Ship. I like that a lot. You've, you've got the reality gem, which means you've got more than double the odds of your opponent of being able to pull it off. Um, and even if they don't, uh, or even if they get it over you, uh, it's still only uh, two points differential. And you can make that up in other ways while you hunt mm. them down. Mm. I mean, I'm not in love with the, the point level of 20 because uh, it really opens up some big hitters for my opponents, which I, I think Black Order excel at the lower points because the you, your opponents have trouble generating enough big attacks to take yep. them down. Yep. So I'm not in love with the 20 option. Um, and that's where I think the Montessi appeals a little bit more because I quite like 17 for Black Order. So... Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards aliens, and then if I win priority, I just choose a different points level. Yeah, and I think you can also kind of lean on psychology here. I think a lot of people hate playing higher than 18 and will never pick it intentionally. There's some players that will, but I think the majority of players, they will actively avoid playing 19 or 20. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's going to wrap us up for this episode. 
Thank you so much for coming on, Morgan. Is there anything you want to shout out before we uh, say goodbye to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Well, firstly, thanks for having me on. It's always good to get a bit of doctor treatment. Um, and I've got some really good options to, to think about there. And um, I'll get I'll do some more testing and I'll, I'll get back to you with, with how I go. And hopefully I get enough reps in to make a good swap for the top cut. But uh, in terms of shout outs, absolutely. So Strike Better Podcast, um, uh, I'm, I'm doing that with uh, Ryan Farmers, the host, um, you know, really good X-Wing player. And he does a really famous X-Wing podcast. So he's come across to MCP and then Travis and Jaron, the twins, who are my good mates, we, we do that. So that's a, a bit of a good one for your, for your listeners. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on and it was quite enjoyable. Yeah, we'll have that at the top of the show notes so everyone can check that out. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. Have a good evening. Bye.